Welcome to my studio. I am Cole McCallum, the aspiring architect, and this is RPG Blueprints. Welcome back to another episode. Today, I've got Sandeep back here with me to talk about paired characters. Thanks for coming back again, again. No problem. Thanks for having me. Um, And what I mean by that is that we already recorded this episode back in June, Mm -hmm. and we had some technical difficulties and audio was lost, so that conversation was lost, unfortunately. Um... But uh, just before we actually get into it, let's talk about what we mean when we talk about paired characters. Basically, I'm talking about when uh, two or more people going into um, an RPG are making characters together that are related in some way, that have a link, shared backstory, like something like that. Um, And uh, for our next campaign and we're so close i keep saying that i've been saying that for a year but we are actually so close to the end now um our next ca- uh campaign we actually created um paired characters together so sandy i thought was the perfect person to bring on for this um so yeah so we uh made some twin characters and we got to play our first uh sort of prologue session to this new uh system so so what do you what did you think about that um i don't like the first thing that comes to mind though about this whole thing is like i don't know if you remember when we talked about deciding that we were going to make paired characters <laughs> Oh, yeah. The It was when both of our characters were either dead, dying, or very close to dead after also being the two characters that had been at that point the most. most. Recently, and I turned yeah. to you and I was just like, well, if we both died, you want to like create like paired characters together, however I phrased it. Yeah. And I was like, yes, absolutely. Because <laughs> we and were just so, so tired of it. And that was like, 2019 yeah like that had to be within the first couple like six months of us playing and we were already at that point and then here we are like three years later finally getting to do it um after all the preparation we put in to creating these characters and giving them a backstory and feeling out their personalities i thought getting to play them in that like very first session that we did was so amazing. Like I had such a great time. Yeah. I mean, I, I don't, I never put this much into a character before playing them. Usually it's like, as you're, as you're playing them, you're developing their backstory and who they are and blah, blah, blah. Mm -hmm. But for us, it was like a lot of that was set up, beforehand so we already are fully fledged characters entering into this world which is completely different from anything i've experienced before oh yeah it's it but in the best possible way because i feel like um you know especially this campaign of coming into it with like just a kernel and really having to figure out the character for ourselves like i jumped in and i already like i already know this character the the 
role play decisions that I had to make. Like it wasn't me like struggling, being like, "Well, what would I do?" It was just mm-hmm. like, "Well, this obviously, the sour yeah. I would wreck." Yeah, and especially like our dynamic. I think that was the best part, like about specifically great. making paired characters, is that we've talked so much. So specifically, we haven't even mm-hmm. like we haven't talked really about talked what about we did, what, yeah. what we did, but we created like twins. Mm-hmm. Um, and we decided to do a gender swap. So you right. play the female twin, I play the male twin. Mm-hmm. And uh, we're both monks and different types of monks. And yeah, and this whole campaign is basically um, set in a city, like this one city we're going to be playing, focusing mm-hmm. on one city. And um, so we've like really carved out our place in the city, which is really cool. Mm-hmm. And then... I, again going back like our dynamic it's like it, it's just it's the most ease easily i've ever like slipped into role playing oh 100 percent, same yeah um and i think that comes from the months of work and like talking about who these characters are like when we we created their backstory um by using the xanathars this is my life yeah um, we went through and the, it, this is our life. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and like a couple of things we rolled on. Actually, we rolled on a lot. But the way mm-hmm. we, we, we like we weaved together this story, it was very give and take. It was like one of us came up with an idea and it was always like with a gasp. It was like, oh, what if we did that? Oh, yeah. <laughs> and the other person's like, yeah, I love it. Um, and we kind of we wove together this like pretty sad backstory actually now that i'm thinking about it but yeah yeah but that was like that we we were checking in with each other being like is this okay <laughs> and then it was always yes because that's going to be so much fun to give to livy rdm yeah. and see where what they go with, with it. it yeah absolutely yeah. and you know she's got things she's she's already planning to do oh with it God. yeah i mean even in that prologue session there were bits of backstory that she was already pulling on whether i realized it or not mm-hmm. which was awesome um but yeah so that's how we kind of we started um we started by creating this kind of shared backstory um and we agreed pretty early on that we were going to like, even sometimes as we were planning, we would slip into moments of role play, um, which kind of showed how easily these characters were coming to us. I feel like, Mm -hmm. um, but we also kind of agreed early on that we would, we would allow improv to take us. So like, if I said in a moment, like, Oh my God, you always do this you will always do that kind of thing. Do you yeah. know what I mean? And same the other way. Like, why are you always so like, like this in this particular situation? And then that becomes part of my, how I sometimes am. Um, or even like shared memories. Like, do you remember when we went to this thing? And then that becomes like a shared memory that we both have now, even though only one of us came up with it. Mm-hmm. Um, and that I think allowed us to, I don't know, it made everything more natural in a way because we didn't have to pre-talk about, okay, we're going to have these memories in common. We're going to have, because these two characters had spent their whole lives together apart from 
like a five-year period. Mm -hmm. Um, so I thought that was, that was really neat. And I, I don't think that would be the same for characters that aren't siblings or that grew up apart. Um, I think it worked really well for these two because they are joined at the hip. Yeah. But even, even still, even if you had like some sort of like, I don't know, like, um, boss subordinate like sort of dynamic <laughs> that you ended up creating with paired characters you could still end up having like a really strong fun dynamic that you came away with Absolutely. the the most important part is when you're creating them together like you're not stuck with your own ideas and anytime like one of us sort of like hit a wall with anything like the other one was there to complement the ideas mm -hmm. and um, and that, like you said, it was just so natural and, and the flow kept going. Yeah. And it builds upon it. And like mm -hmm. when you're going to pick somebody to make a paired character with, um, I would suggest making sure it's somebody who is willing to keep an open mind about the character. If they come yeah. in with, this is who I want to be, this is my personality, this is that, it becomes much harder unless you are basing your character off of theirs which is also perfectly yeah. fine like if, if you're if you're going in as the complete blank slate saying i want to like attach myself to your character mm -hmm. that's also like that you can easily do that so like mm -hmm. even if you are that rigid person it doesn't mean you can't like no you'll know, be a part of to... like a paired characters yeah it just means you need to look for a different dynamic yes yeah um and also if you are somebody who's like i have no idea then like that could be something you kind of grab onto and design yourself based on somebody else. Um, yes. But if you are going in, like, I want to make this character together with somebody, like you want that collaborative process, mm -hmm. then you need somebody who is going to complement your approach. Yeah. <clears throat> that's that's a good point to, like, to, yeah, pick who you're making the paired character with, like, like be discerning about it because mm -hmm. I mean, but that, that goes with like group dynamic in general, like be choosy about who you're playing these role-playing games with because absolutely, you know, you're making a commitment to, to that and you have to know that everyone's going to be respectful and gel and this and that. Mm -hmm. But yeah. And like, we're talking about paired characters that are very closely paired. Like you could have yeah. paired characters who are just, Oh, we met like a year ago and we're friends um, entering into this campaign together, or it could even be like, oh, well, we are, we are like second cousins and we only ever saw each other at like family reunions. <laughs> you know what yeah. I mean? Like it could be very distant. So then you don't have to have this like very intertwined, um, approach. Well, because I was thinking of like other systems that we've played where we didn't put as much time into it, but we still had characters that were linked. Yeah, I specifically wanted to talk about the um, Powered by the Apocalypse games that we've played together because now we've played a couple. We've played uh, Monster of the Week. Uh, but even since we recorded last this episode, we've played Masks together too. Mm -hmm. And one of the best parts about most, if not all of those systems, are that part of character creation has this sort of like paired linked aspect to it mm -hmm. where you'll pick a character that fills sort of like a, uh, a prompt out of a list um, mm -hmm. and, and creates those links. And what's really fun is like you can base parts of your personality off of the way that you're linked to the other characters in your group. Um, oh, like yeah. You might have a very amorphous kind of idea of who your character is going to be and then 
through like, oh, I'm in love with this character. All of a sudden, your personality completely can shift and be based upon that or have that as like just a side thing that they're keeping a secret or like whatever. Um, So in, in a way, what I really like about that is you can't really do your character creation by yourself (laughs) for that system. You have to be within your group. Yes. Which is fantastic. And also if you are sort of like nervous about this whole concept of like, creating a character with someone else fully like i like doing one of these games first just to get like get your feet wet get like get get used to it um it's it's really good because not only um do you have because um you don't have to think about every you know aspect of your life yourself you have these very concrete prompts saying this aspect of your life is linked to one other character who mm-hmm. is it and why or mm-hmm. whatever um so and for they're example not rigid I, either like you can you can play around with it oh yeah and that's one thing that a lot of these um game designers do really well is is m- more often than not empowered by the apocalypse powered by the apocalypse the game designers will use very open-ended language so that they can be interpreted in in a lot of different ways and you know like well i think i remember one from um monster of the week that said something like this person saw you do something bad what was it you tell them what it was and they'll tell you what their response was or something like that yeah so it's very vague. It could be something like, oh, they saw you murder somebody or they saw you take someone's pencil without asking. Yeah. Well, so what? So not only does that say something about that character, but it's also like, what does your character think is bad? Mm-hmm. So that's pretty, pretty good. Um, uh, so specifically, I can like think of two two sort of fun examples with characters that I had in our Monster of the Week campaign. I, I have this deity character, and um, I basically got to say that Reese's character, which is like this sort of bookworm Bookish. character, yeah. uh, I I just got to say you're the chosen one. <laughs> And that dynamic not only like does that say that like my character has a vested interest in your character, but also like uh, you may or may not be special. Like <laughs> you know, you we that even that aspect can be played around with, right? Like I I say you're the chosen one, but yeah. like what does that really mean? What does that mean? Yeah. And then in masks, um, I I have the line you've got to prove yourself to blank before you feel like a real hero, and I chose I chose your character Trip, yeah. and so that created this dynamic where I'm constantly trying to like impress, show off, like, and I and I kind of idolize you a bit, which yeah. is like a fun dynamic. <laughs> it's it's kind of hilarious too, because my character is like somewhat aware of it, but also at the same time like not um, right. Which, because that was a, that was a relationship just on your side. It had Mm -hmm. nothing to do with, like, it didn't say anything about how I would respond to it. So then that leaves me open to choose. Um, Yeah. So none of it is like set in stone Um, and you can always play around with it. Like, even if you don't like the prompts, you don't have to use the exact ones you're given. You know what I mean? Like you can always improvise or, or if somebody else has a better idea, you can roll with that. I mean, mm-hmm. there are really no rules technically. <laughs> They're just suggestions. 
yeah, that's that's kind of the motto around here, right? As long mm-hmm. as everyone at the table agrees, like, have fun with it. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So going back to D and D a bit, just like the way that um, we, if you go through uh, this is your life. I mean, we we went through a really like detailed example, Elizabeth and I, for mm-hmm. our first episode, right, mm-hmm. like our first series. Um, and even that had a little bit of that because we were kind of like working towards like getting our characters to like, um, like adventure together. Like mm-hmm. the idea that was, we would be a party. So going through this is your life. We like tried to find points when, oh, this is the point when we could, uh, link together. But if you, you know, you have that backstory being like, we're siblings so we're twins our mm-hmm. lives are literally linked is that every step of the way it could, we can say oh we're rolling on this life event what does that mean for me but also what does that mean for you like where like, what what part did you have to play in that mm-hmm. and then any any like what i really liked about that whole process as well is it gives you shared history that now you know as like meta you know that this character mm-hmm. has with their their pair so for example like you got in trouble for a crime that wasn't your fault and we decided that it was going to be my fault and that i would have accidentally done something that you got blamed for right <laughs> and then that becomes like something you can play off of together like in the future because this is part of shared history now um yeah. this isn't going to be like the incident. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And because it's kind of we both know about it, it can that we can then kind of like inform how we might respond to a certain situation, like me doing something bad, and you know how you might respond would be different mm-hmm. because of that previous experience. <laughs> um. One thing I just thought of to mention is like, like we're we're saying what we like about it, like like how to go about it and stuff. But answering why would you do this? Like why is it important to do something like this? Um, I think one of um, one of the biggest um, sort of gripes, barriers to entry with like a game is that the the standard you meet in a tavern. Uh, and then you go to a job. Um, very cliche. And if, it's very cliche, but also it can be tough to like play a campaign from that point because if you're a bunch of strangers and you've all made mm-hmm. your characters separately and you've got a bunch of like co- contrasting, like warring personalities, it mm-hmm. can be hard to keep like any sort of cohesion it's it's hard to justify why you're traveling together at a certain point. So if you're creating Absolutely. these paired characters with shared history, like I don't have to be like, why would, why would Akila, my character uh, be with Orion, your character? It's like, well, we're siblings. We mm-hmm. love each other. Like mm-hmm. we've literally spent pretty much our whole lives together. We're always going to have each other's back. Like there's no, there's no like questioning yes. why we would uh, adventure together. Yes. Um, and actually, I have an example of because my very first campaign that I wrote um, and ran as a DM, that's how it started. Everybody wrote, wrote their characters in isolation. And then it was about bringing them together 
and their their personalities really clashed. They did not get along as characters, mm-hmm. um, which led to them feeling like a very fractured group that really I forced to stay together through like a destiny like connection. Um, because as they were, those people would not have chosen to, to travel together. Mm-hmm. Um, and then it did lead to a kind of lack of cohesion in the group for, for months really before they started to feel like they'd been through enough together. They had weathered enough together. Um, and because you're trying to decide who your character is when you're first playing them, some characters made decisions that other characters really didn't like. Mm-hmm. Um, I remember <laughs> they got involved in this fight to save somebody who was in a tree and being menaced by this creature. So they ran to help him and one of them didn't agree with helping. So they just kind of walked slowly behind uh, and did not <laughs> rush to help at all. And like people were getting like really badly injured and he refused to walk any faster. Um, Yeah. So you can see like in terms of like, why would they continue to travel with him at that point? Yeah. Uh, You're like, you're unreliable. Like screw you. You're getting left behind. And he had no love for any of the people that he was traveling with. So why would he be motivated? So, I mean, which is fine. Like you can have a campaign Mm. like that, but, um, if you want something with a little more uh, cohesion, I guess, than mm-hmm. creating characters that have some kind of link, even if it's small, uh, can lend a little bit more realism to the fact that they're traveling together. Yeah, even to be like, oh, we've done jobs in the past before. I know I can trust you. Like yes. that. Like even if you haven't role played that out, you at least have that understanding, so you can lean on that. Mm-hmm. Whereas the character this guy had created was a complete loner. He had never really traveled or done anything with a group, so he was floundering. Um, mm-hmm. Which again is fine, but then you have to be prepared for that. Um, the friction yes the friction and the conflict that these characters are going to have with one another and the group itself has to be happy with it whereas i found that feelings from characters started to bleed into people (laughs) um which was when i really had to kind of make sure everybody realized it was separate so i mean paired characters have a lot of positives to them um that maybe you don't even realize when you first start something. Yeah. And, and I just want to be clear about one thing. Like, uh, I don't want to, I won't, I don't want people thinking that I'm saying friction in a party is like bad. You have to make sure there is no friction in your party. It's just like, even my example earlier of creating paired characters where it's like boss and worker, like that doesn't mean that they like each other. It just means like, there's a reason that they would like, like know of each other, like be somewhat comfortable and like want to do something for one another. Like there is some sort of relationship there, but they could like fight all the time or like the, the one of them could be plotting the other one's murder beyond their back. Like who knows? Like, yeah. I'm just, I'm just saying like, like it, it doesn't have to be like the cohesion doesn't mean like complete harmony. No, no. Yes. And, and like I was saying, it's fine to have conflict so long as the players are happy with it. Whereas these yes. players were not happy with it. Um, right. It started to bleed into real life. And that's yeah. that's a problem. So in a group that was brand new, because this was a brand new role-playing group, they had never really done it 
fully before where they had mm-hmm. created their own full character and they created a whole backstory and everything. So um, they felt a lot of connection and kind of uh, what's the word? Like they were very um, isolated, not isolated, but like very ugh, invested. That's the word I was looking for invested oh. in their characters. So the fact that this one character didn't try to help another one from dying, mm. right? Then it led into... So anyway, long story short is that you have to make sure you're playing, you're making your characters so that you are happy as a group as well as individually. Um, so if you're if you're prepared for and ready for like friction between characters and you're able to keep that separate, totally awesome. That's fine. Um but you just have to be careful when you when you're first starting to role play with one another. Like I remember when Reese joined our group, and uh, he immediately did something to piss off my character, and my character went after him to yell at him, and he yelled back. And I remember like my heart my heartbeat like my heart rate went up, and I was like, oh shit! Like I hope he doesn't think that I'm like actually mad at him right now. Mm-hmm. Um, like I hope he realizes this is an in character thing. Uh, and thankfully, like he's experienced enough with role play that he was fine, and I was fine yeah. after. But we did do like a little check in, like we're okay, right? And I was like, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but that's with experience. When you're not experienced, and you have that kind of friction, it can be n- not helpful, I guess. Yeah, and that's it. That's a very interesting case that you brought up because um, to the rest of us, we didn't really have a connection to Reese's character Zane mm-hmm. but Zane was a paired character that got introduced into the into the campaign yes. um with Saren's character Zarius like like they um before Reese came into the picture like they sat down like had this shared backstory so even though even though like I'm I don't know if you felt this way there was a lot like a lot of that early time with Zane in the party where like my character Brynthos was just like like oh absolutely and and i think stormy was kind of the same like why is this guy here but he had a reason to be there um because he was paired whereas and we all cared about zarius so like at at the very least we had that reason to travel with him because we're like well if zarius knows this guy trusts this guy cares about this guy like then i guess he's cool yes yeah yeah, because it's a little harder when it's a little harder when um, there's like no reason for a character to be around. And exactly, like, and that, why and would that's travel with this person. The whole reason to make some sort of a connection. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think it so just down down with the you all meet at a tavern, like <laughs> like eradicate that <laughs> if you can. I'm so anti that. Or even if you but, do oh, do but, that, it can be like, oh, these two people know each other. These three people know each other like that. Yes. Like it doesn't have to be everybody is a stranger to one another. I think that if, that leads to very awkward beginnings unless they're one shot. Oh, yeah. Then, you know, yeah, you might not know everybody fine. you're playing with. But um, if anyone listening has like a super unique like take on you all meeting a tavern, then like email me hit me up on twitter i want to hear it oh yeah until then eradicate it (laughs) 
until I get the proof that it can be done. <laughs> yeah, like in my first campaign, I regretted starting it like that. Yeah. Uh, because it really did lead to a few months of awkwardness between the characters. Um, but you live and learn. So next time I will start it very much like how we yeah. started this one. At the very least, um, the fifth edition starter campaign, The Lost Minds of Fandelver, at mm. least starts you with the base assumption that you are all working together. You've all taken this job together. Yes. Like, if nothing else, you at least start with that. Yes. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but but you proved that, um, you know when all else fails, like the gods can always be there in your Dungeons and Dragons campaign to like take charge. Yes. Which, um, one of my first DMing experiences, that's what we went with. It Mm. was you, you all wake up in a room you don't recognize and like you're with these (laughs) like people. And it's literally like uh, these characters are picked as sort of like not avatars, but like champions of the gods. And so, so you have that bringing you together. So even though everyone created their character completely separately, yes. um, you have something to link them from day one. Yes. So that was what I used as the the gel, which can lead to problems. And again, like if they had been experienced role players, it would have been fine. But because mm. they weren't, it led to, you know, bad feelings. So communication yeah. is the key i think <laughs> even for brand new role players like or especially for brand new role players i should say like if i had stopped everybody and been like hold on we remember these are characters okay not you um it might not have gotten where it got to live and learn mm-hmm. one aspect of us creating paired characters um which i've mentioned I think a few times in other episodes is how um, I got this idea uh, learning about the the 200 word RPG uh, contest game, Dear Elizabeth, um, to play sort of a slightly modified version of um, for our two characters. So basically in that game, you're supposed to be Victorian women and your friends and you're sending letters back and forth. Um, and it's just when I heard it talked about, I thought, well, that's a very cool way to um, in eight letters, like create a lot of content of backstory. Mm -hmm. And there's a moment in our shared backstory where we do um, a year completely separate from each other. Um, Like no, like we are not allowed to leave our monasteries when we become monks. Mm-hmm. Like that's, that's what we decided for how the like monkdom works yeah. in, in, in our world. Um, and so that's what we did. Yeah. Every season we would send each other a letter and we did actually write them ourselves. Mm-hmm. Um, and I remember you, and I remember as I was writing it, it gave me such insight into who this guy was as a young man. Um, And I remember you telling me that the way I responded to your first letter changed the way you thought of Akila. Oh, 100%. Because basically, I was using this sort of like very proper 
like way of writing. And then in your letter response, you were like, why are you talking like that? Ha ha ha. And I was like, oh, well, if my twin brother is calling me out on this, then that isn't what Akilah is like. So why is she acting that way? And then I basically was saying that, like, while she was like around these people and she was trying to like be the smart one or mm-hmm. the proper one or whatever she was putting on this air and just it was flowing into her writing. Yes. Yeah. Um, because I remember thinking when I first read it, it was like, this is oddly formal for talking to your brother. Mm-hmm. And so I was like, let's, let's see how, <laughs> whether, whether she'll respond if, if I say like, why are you doing that? Um, because the way I had approached him was like, I mean, these, these kids were, they grew up in a rural area and then in the basis of like a market place in the city. So mm-hmm. they were not posh by any means. Um, so, so yeah, I called her out on that and I felt bad for, <laughs> for it at the same time. Cause then afterwards you were like, that was so like, it changed everything. And I was like, Oh, sorry. But you were like, no, no, it's fine. Mm-hmm. Cause, and and that's, that's, that's what we were talking about earlier mm-hmm. is like the way you play off of each other and it's a little bit improv- improvisational and mm-hmm. and like just that say yes menta- yes and menta- yes, yeah. mentality yeah. and and the re- like one of the reasons is to have that cohesion in it in a group to make a paired character but also like we would not have made these characters anything like they were if we made them separately like if we, even if we said even if we said okay i'm gonna be your twin sibling we're both gonna be monks mm-hmm. go we separately went made our characters and came back like they'd be very different yeah even even if we decided like a bit of the backstory like even saying like we grew up here mm-hmm. and like like and then we wouldn't even had that the whole storyline of us moving from that rural area into the city, which was yeah. like very integral because um part of the this is your life, I'm pretty sure, is how we how we discovered that our dad essentially was cursed with this like uh memory kind, issue. Yeah, kind, we kind of gave him dementia. It kind I of just, yeah. I, that just kind of clicked to me. We basically gave him magical dementia. Yeah, we did. Um, which almost makes it sadder now that I phrased it like that. Well, because I remember us, we, when we did, this is our life. We were like, we, we knew who both our parents were, but we grew up with a single dad and we had to figure out. No, 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 no. We, we didn't know who our mom was. But we had a mom. Yeah, we had a mom, but we never met her. Like we didn't know who she was. That that's right. was that so we was had to how that out. all started. Yes, that's right. Because we had written the story, or we had kind of decided, okay, so they are paired up here, and then they have kids together, or whatever. And then afterwards, we found out, oh wait, no, he's he's a single dad. Yeah. And so then we wrote it into the story that she had disappeared because of you know family issues. They'd come after her for whatever reason. I don't remember all the details off the top of my redacted, head. Redacted, redacted in case anyone <laughs> in our group is listening to this because the reasons are, <laughs> yeah, definitely not known right now no. and will be a thing in our campaign. Yeah. 
Um, but when she disappeared, he got some kind of curse on him either then or later that made him slowly forget her and then forget other things over time until Including we us. got to be 16 years on our 16th old 16th birthday we come in being like okay we're going to get our regular you know cake and he's like who the hell are you get out of my house <laughs> <laughs> so um yeah like that that and that all came about because we were riffing off of each other mm-hmm. um Which is like one of, if not the richest backstory I have come into a campaign with. Oh, absolutely. Because what, like, like my first character ever, it's like, he's a half harpy, his mom's a harpy, his dad's a human druid, and him and his sister live happily in the woods, and then he wants to go off and be a bard and learn stories. Like... <laughs> Like, it's fun. I love this character. Like, honestly, Toivo is one of my favorite characters. But, like, if I'm being honest, I would give that backstory, like, a 2 out of 10. Like, yeah, yeah. That's nothing. There's oh, nothing there. Oh, absolutely. Like, my my first character was Maz that I actually – and her backstory started out as um, she had wild magic and she did something bad by accident. And then her parents abandoned her in the woods. And she grew up in the woods. That was my whole backstory. Like I had yeah. no real detail. And then I could write in other things like, oh, she spent some time on a pirate ship. Like, cause I needed her to have something considering she was like 16 years old. She should not have a lot of experience, but she, she did. She had some experience already going in. So I'd be like, mm-hmm. okay, where did she get that? Um, and it was only later that Livy took my backstory and made it so much worse. Um <laughs> <laughs> As a good GM will do. (laughs) But it became very rich later on, right? Like I we didn't I didn't enter in with a rich backstory. So this is definitely a first. Yeah. Not to say that you can't make a rich backstory on your own, but I think this this one in particular, um developing something like this. It's kind of like when you get stuck, somebody else brings forward an idea and then mm-hmm. it it jump starts the juices again kind of thing, like the creative flow. Yeah, exactly. It's kind of um that that sort of blank page problem where you're mm-hmm. staring at something and you're just like, uh, I could create anything. Yeah. Um which between again, this is your life being just like a perfect prompt like take it however you want um journey but also just like even if sometimes you roll stuff and the stuff in this is your life is vague enough where it's like you were a part of a battle and then Mm -hmm. you're just like uh now i have to write that in and again you don't have to like you can roll something that then you decide oh this doesn't fit i don't like it oh yeah I know 100% there was like a, a backstory, like when the life events, when I rolled it and I was like, I'm tired of rolling this thing. I'm re-rolling. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and this is your life is like a good place to start, but you don't have to start there as, right. as paired characters. Like if you do come in with an idea, like you don't have to come in blank. You can come in with ideas. And we did. We had the idea that they were going to be twins. And they were going to be monks. 
Um, but we just didn't know anything else. Whereas if you have some idea, okay, I want to be this class. I want to be, I want to have this background. I want to be this race or whatever. You can still work together on it. Like you don't have to do it separately. You, um, and you can kind of just work your way through like, okay, what do you want our parents to be like? I think this is your life just gives you a way to like jump off a jumping off point. Yeah. I'm just like, probably one of this is your life's biggest proponents Mm -hmm. and um i was actually just talking to my cousin um last last weekend about about it like it just took a lot of time just to basically like be like a prophet like Mm -hmm. being like see the way of this is your life um because i Oh, just I love I love a random generate generation and mm-hmm. B I like sometimes struggle with making decisions, so <laughs> it's just perfect for that. But it's also not restrictive enough that I feel like I feel like you could go through it with every character and you wouldn't like be like, oh, I'm just making the same character over and over again. Mm-hmm. Whereas if you if you go in and you use just the player's handbook and you're just picking race, class, background, I feel like very quickly you would exhaust that and be mm-hmm. like, oh, I, I've already made this character before. Mm-hmm. And I don't think it, it encourages you to use your creativity as much um, if you're just using those basic three parts. Uh, but I remember no. you talking about this is your life. This is your life. Um inspired me to because at the time when you first started talking about it i was struggling a bit with the villain in my campaign um Mm. and i remember you talking about it and i was like you know what let's let's see if i can write her story properly like because she was so vague she's just like evil you know what i mean but like had no real motivation like why is she doing this i don't know she's evil like it's stupid so i was like okay let's let's try this and i did and it made her a full 3d character it gave her motivation it gave her a reason um or at least helped me to give her i guess i should say exactly exactly because it's it's just getting those prompts to like fill your fill out your own ideas mm-hmm. essentially and you're trying to fit in like okay if this is her story then how did she get here and then you make connections kind of thing yeah um, yeah. Whereas if you're trying to do that off of nothing, it can be really hard to come up with, like, there's millions of paths in between A and B, like, which one am I going to use kind of thing? Or am I even going to think of the one that fits? But on the flip side to that, like, it's not like we were pulling out, this is your life for masks. Like, that's not no. how that works. Yeah. But uh, but even just when you're in that group, group environment and you're making, like, t- to be clear, I don't think we specified masks is a powered by the apocalypse game about, about young superheroes. So, um, so creating like this, um, teen Titan esque team together. Um, even though you have those relationship prompts, like it's so little. And, and I know that once we started doing that, it was like, Oh, and this, and this, and this, mm-hmm. and this, and this, and we're all playing off each other and all putting our ideas in. Mm-hmm. And so, like, yeah, you don't you don't need a whole list of prompts. And but when you're with at least one other person, like again, I I feel like I just keep saying that the flow. It just yeah. like it just comes. Yeah. 
I'd agree. Um, But when we actually then ended up playing these characters that we'd spent so much time, like as I was saying, it, it really was a lot easier than I expected it to be. Um, but I could also make decisions based on past experiences that we had shared. So for example, when we did our like session zero, um, there was a period where uh, our DM brought in a character from Aquila's past who she mm. had talked about in her letters. Um, yes, Asterax is the dragonborn that I've, I just... In the in the story of the letter, I just needed an extra character, and I just put him in. Mm-hmm. Um, and I remember Orion responding to it in a bit of a suspicious way because mm. he he felt like this guy was all over you, and you were not noticing. And then even at the end, like he asked you to go with him on his journey, yeah. and you were like, "No, I can't. I can't. I'm still training to be a monk." Like this is at the end of a year. You're yeah. still like a very novice monk and he's asking you to go with him. So Orion found that very suspicious and like he probably has feelings for you. Um, and so when he showed up in the campaign, that... which is approximately 15 years later after yes. that point. Yes. And he, he shows up and starts talking to you like, you know, your old friends, um, which you were, but mm-hmm. Orion feels weird about it because he's like oh i still am not sure about this guy whereas you're totally fine with him so when later you're like oh i'm going to dinner with this guy and he's like what 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 are you doing why are you going to dinner with him like okay i have to spy on you because (laughs) because i have to know like is this guy after you you remember it now (laughs) now now it's all coming back to me so she decides to go to dinner um but I had to run and get like a couple of friends. I had to help them out. So then I end up going to dinner as well. But as an excuse to be there, I'm like, oh, why don't you guys come to dinner with me? And then we'll join them. So it's like not me just crashing. Do you know what I mean? It's like, oh, I'm bringing a group of friends. Like, it's all good. Um, and then I, I was very closely watching him throughout your guys' dinner. And all of this is like, this would never have happened if not for that shared backstory that we had established beforehand. Uh, like even, even if I just wrote in my own backstory, like, like, Oh, I went to the monastery and there was this, this uh, dragonborn that came in was like, you re- you researching the monasteries. And I was also very like bookish, like very inquisitive. And he asked me to come, come away with him. Like if I just wrote that in my own backstory, you, I see what you're saying. You wouldn't yes. have had that connection to my backstory. Exactly. And I would not have responded with that brotherly suspicion and being mm-hmm. like, mm, what does this guy want from her? I have to protect her because, you know, she's in love with somebody and <laughs> she can be clueless <laughs> about this Absolutely. kind of stuff. So, um, and that also came from that suspicion I got from the letter. So, like, right. I don't know. There's so many different ways you can approach something like this, but I feel like it makes role play so much easier because all of that history informs your character's decision the same way as your history informs your own decisions day to day. Mm-hmm. Um, it's much easier to be like, Oh, what would my character do? You almost don't even have to ask. You already know. Yeah. And um, 
so I just want to quickly go back to Toivo again, just to contrast. So mm-hmm. Toivo actually is the character that I, again, my first fifth edition character, I wrote the most backstory for out of any, any character, except maybe, um, uh, Aquila, but I didn't just sit down and write some backstory. Like it was like very piecemeal. Like it, it, it accumulated over time but mm-hmm. but toivo i just sat down i wrote out like like i think three pages which for some people isn't a lot but for me more than i normally do absolutely but even when i started playing him because it was the kind of campaign where we all separately create our characters and then and then came together um the first time i got to play him back mm-hmm. in like 2016 um it was still really awkward for me to role play this character because even though like i knew kind of what he was about i didn't really know him and i yes. didn't have any any reference for how i would interact with any of the other characters mm-hmm. which is completely different from how i felt with with Aquila because um again we did ha- establish some things with the other characters but mm-hmm. like i always could lean on um orion for like role play and we started the day the day together because like that's how we started that that prologue was was like you wake up and then i like could go from there yeah uh <laughs> to start off though though even the way we woke up like immediately i was like in it i was like oh, oh yeah, yeah yeah no before she leaves before she leaves for to start her day orion is gonna like hear her moving around and rush from bed like not even fully dressed he's gonna put on like the mask that he's gonna wear for the festival and it was like the creepiest freaking mask <laughs> and just stand behind her until she turns around. But like she's in front of a mirror. So she sees like he's standing behind her <laughs> and turns around, and scares the shit out of her because all she sees is this huge mask. And he's like, Yeah, I just want to show you my mask. And then turns around and leaves. <laughs> Get jackass. Right? <laughs> like this such is sibling energy. Such sibling energy. Like I was ready for it. Um and I, I feel like that like it's a completely different approach when when you know the character that well um whereas when you write out a backstory you know the bare facts of what's happened Mm -hmm. to this person without really knowing or experiencing any of the feelings or the knowledge or whatever um whereas i feel like it really helped like writing those letters in the voice of our characters it was like I would recommend it if you're planning on right if you're planning on doing like a big campaign and you need a character I would definitely recommend like choosing one period of time in their life that was influential and even just writing out in their voice what happened yeah. or how they felt or whatever Yeah, I was going to say like some type of pre-game role play will go such a long way whether that's taking you know these journaling games like dear elizabeth just doing some writing like you said or taking uh, a supplementary game like i talked about with livy and and like playing that out Mm -hmm. um like in some whatever other context however it makes sense like just having that little bit of role role play will like it seems weird to say play a game before you play the game yeah but for like if you're investing your time into a long form campaign that's gonna cause that's gonna span for us three years mm-hmm. four years three years yeah give or take yeah give or take three years yes um like that's a lot of time and i again Especially we've only played one character 
Yes. Unless um, they die, but. Uh, okay, I'm knocking on all the wood I can find right now. <laughs> um, moving on. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, Sorry, I interrupted. No, you. that that made me so upset on the inside. That we literally only played the prologue, and now I'm already thinking about these characters about dying. Mass, but <laughs> that's fair. Fair. <laughs> no, they better not die. I will be devastated. Okay. <clears throat> Anyways. So what I was going to say before I was interrupted by the idea of our characters dying uh, was that even though we've only played this prologue, I can already, like, attest to what um, this pre-gaming has done for the quality of roleplay. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. I mean, I I have another example, actually, like... Uh, one of my 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 brother in law actually wanted to try his hand at DMing for the first time, mm. and uh, myself and my two sisters, who are part of my other campaign, which is on hold because one of the members had a baby. Um, Life, yeah, it gets in the way sometimes, you know. Uh, the three of us decided, oh, we're gonna we're gonna make characters, and then decided on how these characters, why they were together. Um, and it wasn't like, oh, they've always been together. It was like they meet on the road. And then we wrote as to why they would continue to travel together. When I say wrote, I didn't mean we actually physically wrote it. We talked about it in a discussion. And then we we slipped into role play for our first technical, like technically our first meeting together. Um, and then that informed the way we interacted with one another going forward. Um, and you find your voice in those pre pre-game moments I guess um like I was playing a warforged for the very first time because I was like I want to try a new race oh that's um, fun and he ended up sounding kind of like what is it called space odyssey how yes oh my god he that's ended up hilarious. sounding kind of like him I can't let you do that yeah <laughs> <laughs> but with like the complete opposite personality like all about I can let you do that <laughs> In fact, I recommend it. <laughs> yes. Like very much like fascinated with life and always wanting to watch people eat things because he's so confused by it. Anyway. <laughs> what the heck is this? Why are you putting that in there? Yeah. I love that. Um, but that, I had no idea that's how I was going to approach this character as like this AI that's learning for the first time kind of. Um but that's kind of what came out of those pregame moments. And then that made role-playing him so much easier going forth into the actual campaign. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You just made me think of something. Um, if, you know, the amount of work that we put into our characters, if that seems like super overwhelming to mm-hmm. you mm-hmm. Um, to even just take like a kernel of it, like take the sort of um, masks, um, monster of the week mentality of just answering like a small question or two before you start like like what you said like why are you continuing to travel together why are you guys a party just answer that question before Mm -hmm. you start yourselves so you a like have some say over your characters because as a player 
you want that, but mm-hmm. like be like you're gonna care about it more. Absolutely. Right? Like if your DM is like, Well, you're all members of this army, I'm telling you that mm-hmm. Like that's not going to mean as much to to be like, well, I'm traveling with these people because they're the only people in the world I can trust, or whatever. Right, right. Yeah. And yeah, I mean, the reason we didn't actually purposely put all this time into our pre gaming, like for for the twins, we actually expected to start that campaign way earlier. Oh um, yeah, I thought we were going to be done by last summer, like summer 2021. I thought we were going to be done this campaign yes because we started talking about this i think in february of 2021 Mm -hmm. february or march i think yeah um so i mean putting in all this time it was kind of a side effect of our other campaign going so long um but yeah, you definitely don't have to do that to get a better feel for your character. You could definitely just do like one pregame session. And it it happened right before we started this mini campaign. Like our DM yeah. was literally sitting right there and just observing how these characters met for the first time. Mm-hmm. Um, <clears throat> and so like a pre-scene like <laughs> can help you actually set up the camaraderie between characters. Yeah. Yeah, because if you if you have the reason for being a party and getting out that like first first role play jitters with the mm-hmm. new character, like like that game is going to go so much smoother. Oh, absolutely! And like you could see, even my sisters getting into their their characters. Like my one sister tried a voice, and she's like, "Oh no, I don't like that. I'm going to try something else." And then mm. my other one figured out that, "Oh, I want my character to always be saying lovey." when she's talking to everybody because she's like this very motherly character. So she's like, Oh, okay, lovey. It's fine. <laughs> like, and that was just picked up in that first scene. Um, and just made everything richer, I guess. Mm-hmm. Of course, this is if you're like really into role play, which tend to be. Yeah. This podcast definitely <laughs> leans towards the role play heavy style of play. Mm hmm. I'm not going to apologize. I like what I like. This is my show. Absolutely. <laughs> Absolutely. But yeah, that was the point I wanted to make about um, shared history. <clears throat> and even the fact that like to be a paired character doesn't necessarily mean they're paired in every way. It can be like, oh, you're linked to somebody. Like really paired can be as much as like, oh, I've seen this person you know, in my city and we've had passing conversations that could be paired in a way like. Yeah. The, the point characters. the point is that you're creating these characters together mm-hmm. like that, like that is the bare minimum mm-hmm. for what constitutes a, a paired character. Mm-hmm. So even, even like my, my uh, example of like boss and worker, like mm-hmm. what if you were like, both employees of someone but like you don't work together you just know that like you have this one npc that is important to you mm-hmm. to both of you and that and then and then a lot of different relationships could develop from that you could be rivals you mm-hmm. could be allies um 
like you could one of you could completely... be really loyal and the other one's like i don't care about this Ooh. company <laughs> yeah yeah actively undermining the company and the other one's like like a complete brown noser so. yeah 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 i mean it's it's kind of it's interesting how many different relationships you could make depending mm. on what you feel like oh i was earlier i was thinking of mentioning it's really funny again everything happens for a reason like we i didn't release this episode in june but now i'm releasing it after the episode i just did with gerardo Mm -hmm. which is about um starcross which is a romance game for two people and you um create characters together and speaking of paired characters like that the creation of paired characters is what Starcrossed is about. You sit down, you are creating these two characters together, and the premise is that you're creating um, people who want to be together, but can't for some reason. And and at one point, the best part about all of this is that um, you you write down your name, you write down the most attractive thing that your character thinks about themselves, and then you hand your sheet to the other player, and then that player fills in the question, what are two things about me that I don't realize are attractive? Oh. And it's... Oh, I, got, I just got goosebumps thinking about it because it's so good. Um, after, the, after the episode, we actually went and played... Um, for anyone that's listened, we played the... Um, uh, sci-fi murder mystery set on a train characters the the detective and the suspect uh-huh. and um again just when you when you switch those character sheets and and um you give that control of your character over to someone else it's like it can completely flip the idea of what you had yeah for this character that you're creating yeah and it's it's magical yeah. because because the whole the whole dynamic of creating characters is this back and forth like what do i want from this story what do you want from this story mm-hmm. and and it doesn't have to be a physical quality like at at times um i think one of us said like i i think uh the ruthlessness of your character is one of the most attractive qualities and that's me saying your character is ruthless <laughs> Right. So when we're playing this game, like you better be acting ruthless because that's what I think is attractive about you. Or, I mean, alternatively, you could say, I think you're ruthless, but maybe that's a misunderstanding. Right. Or maybe what I think is ruthless, you think is just normal. <laughs> also, that. Like maybe that's just yeah. normal, but I'm like super, super nice. So I don't know that that's just normal. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, no, that's yeah. that's very interesting, turning control like that over to someone else. But I think I think that's easiest when you're in the beginning stages of planning, too. Mm-hmm. Um, if you go in with, this is the way my character is, or this is the way I want their personality to be, it makes you a little less open to those suggestions or statements from other people. Well, yeah, and Starcross is a very different game because, like, the, this uh, act of creating char- uh, a character with one other person, like, that's all part of it. Like, there is no GM. It's just mm-hmm. you and one other person. You two are playing this game together. Like, so, and and the the character creation is, like, five questions long. Mm-hmm. 
So it, it is a very different style, but I think there's like something to be said about that. And it, it goes back to what we were saying about when we were creating these characters together, like we're, we're sort of giving each other prompts and mm-hmm. we're just running with it and being like, oh, okay. Like, like, um, I, you asked me something when we were creating them. Um, I'm trying to, f- I wrote down Orion is a night owl and does parkour. That's right. Yeah. Which I'm pretty sure is something I just said about him. <laughs> yes, it was. I um, mean, I think I said he was a night owl and I think you were the one who talked about and I was like, oh, and he's agile. Or like yeah, he, and I was specific. Yeah, he's he's like good in dexterity or whatever. <laughs> and so I specifically turned that into parkour because like if you're like 16 year old and you're poor and you're in the city what do you do for fun yeah there yeah. you go yeah which is just like yeah it's so fun it's so good yeah i think that was something that i found the most fun about it actually was the ability for your partner to basically change things about your own character and then have to wrap your mind around that change Mm -hmm. um which is really cool yeah it involves a lot of trust Mm -hmm. too um and i think there was like we didn't have to be explicit about it but i think there was just an understanding that like if one of us had crossed the line it was okay to like refuse stuff oh yeah like if there was somebody wanted to veto something then that's fine it's vetoed yeah. Right? yeah, it's definitely like <laughs> I just like thinking about the experience and how I felt in that character creation was like unlike any other character creation experience because it was so detailed, uh-huh. like in depth and just. Yeah, I don't know. You just please go out there. I hope you can find someone that you can bounce your ideas off. Absolutely. Uh, and and just ha- like have fun with it because yeah. it's it's its own experience and totally worth it. Yeah, it's almost like its own mini game in a way. Like when we oh, yeah. when we do things like Monster of the Week and we're creating like we've done this a few times with a few different systems, usually powered by the apocalypse, but also mm-hmm. there was that other kind of mini game that you had as well, where we created this, like we oh, were trash creating, mob. Yes. We were creating backstories yeah. and we spent the majority of the sesh first session doing that. Um, like that, that was like these... pretty much all we did. And it was so late. And I was like, do you guys want to like do something? <laughs> do something with these characters you spent three hours making yeah (laughs) together Uh um yeah and we just kind of i i do feel like that is one thing about the group we we regularly play with though they are very role play heavy um but you do find a lot of riffing off of one another which Mm -hmm. is just a really fun experience so and even that can be its own kind of game um, oh yeah, I could you know? like. I love playing a long form campaign, but if the group said we're no longer going to play a long form campaign, what we're going to do is every week we're going to sit down and we're going to create characters together. <laughs> I wouldn't be disappointed. 
I would be like, oh, heck, that sounds amazing. I'm in. (laughs) I mean, eventually I'd want to play the characters a little bit. Mm. fine that's for that's so we'll get together on mondays we'll play and mm-hmm. then on tuesdays if you really want to play whoever wants to play can get together oh yeah okay 100%. i'd be there every two days both of those days i'd be there then you get like the most best of both worlds you know oh yeah oh dang no don't don't trick yourself into creating a one-shot group yeah. I'm gonna get I'm gonna get lost in my characters. Oh, it's 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 awesome. It's awesome. It's really fun to inhabit a different personality. You feel oh, yeah. a bit like a changeling, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> this is what the satanic panic was all about. <laughs> is that is that they knew they knew that D D was all about turning your children into changelings. Yep. Yep. They knew. <laughs> wow, okay. I guess uh I guess the moral of this episode is um <laughs> in the what in the eighties, nineties, the Christians were right. Yeah. D yep. is demonic and keep playing. <laughs> keep playing. Keep making characters, make characters together. Yep. Um. Yeah. Wow. We knocked it out of the park with this one. Absolutely. No. With everything. Um. But before I did, kind of hard turn into this. Ed- Do you have anything else that you want to say about creating paired characters? Um. No, I think we covered it. Like I said, we nailed it. Yeah. We freaking nailed this one. All right. Well, then, thanks for joining me on uh, another great episode. Absolutely. Anytime. Excellent. Um, and thanks for uh, anyone listening. Um, I hope you enjoyed uh, our talk on paired characters and look forward to next month's episode, which is the one year anniversary. It's been a year already. Yay. Time flies when you're doing Satan's work. (laughs) (laughs) All right. This is the best ending ever. Bye. (laughs) When you're doing Satan's work. (laughs) I said what I said. Yeah, (laughs) It's fine. It's fine. Before you go, I'd like to thank James Roach for the awesome job on the podcast themes. You can check out what he's up to by following him on Twitter, at Hamesatron. You can follow RPG Blueprints at RPGBP on Twitter. I'd also like to thank you for listening. And remember the words of the author Joseph Chilton Pierce. To live a creative life, we must lose our fear of being wrong. <laughs>